0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take you all
1: the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is. Competition is. Competition is. Competition is. Competition is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Hard to Paint with David Grubb, and I am joined by my good friend, the one and only, the impatient bull, Chris Connor, and we're gonna discuss Pelicans preseason game number one. Chris, I am not a giant preseason. I don't like to take too much from preseason, but there are things that I look for. Before I get into mine, when you watch a preseason game, before we get into last nights in particular, what are the things that you try to pay attention to as a, someone who's analyzing it versus being a fan? So, you know, I I think, you know, what
0: normally checks out to me is how how organized a group is, You know, um, you know, I know that, you know, sets wise, I'm not, you know, that some things that you see, you know, today, you know, you're not going to see opening night. Um, Some players, you know, you see today, you're not going to see opening night It's hard, especially the first, first game rotation wise. I'm not really playing, playing it too much to see what, what guys are out there, especially when you're missing a few and then Herb goes out. But, you know, I'm looking at how guys play together as a, as a group, how comfortable guys look, are they sloppy? Do they look, you know, do they look like they've been working on their game in the, in the summer from, if we're talking about individuals that we saw play last season, how do they look in certain um, when they have the ball in certain positions versus, you know, last year to this year, Um, all those mental images, you know, kind of, kind of stick in your head because, you know, you want to see, um you want to see what type of what type of slight improvements or large improvements they made from year to year. You know, of course when it comes to things like shooting and uh you know consistency, I mean you you know you only you're only gonna you're gonna get a small a small sample size and you know we you know we learned last year from Trey Murphy for example right you know he started off in preseason you know shooting lights out when the season started all that changed So I, you know, I mean, it's a, it's definitely, it's definitely a fine line, but you know, man, I, I really try to try to look into some of the individuals. Like, you know, you look at Dyson Daniels, one of the things I'm, I'm looking at, how is he, how is he reacting to, to the game speed right away? How is he processing things? Um, the things that made him, that make him great as a prospect, how is he applying those things in this setting? Against this team, against some of these type of talents, and you know there were there were some stretches where he was playing against guys that will actually play NBA minutes, um, and some of the plays that he made, or you know, are things that okay, that's that's why you drafted him. He's not he's adjusting right away. It's not too quick for him, you know. So I mean, it, it, it's it's the little things. It's the it's the small nuances, and we can you know you know you know we'll, we'll talk about them, um, but I mean the fun part is the guys that. You want it that you know are gonna a lot of guys that are gonna play or we assume are gonna play heavy minutes. um you got to see some of the differences from last year to this year out of them or some of them or them bringing in the momentum they have from last year to this year at least visually. um and that's really all you can ask for.
1: yeah, I mean, I like the you know the things that you can control in the preseason um is your defensive effort. Cause you, you don't know how hard the other team is going to go on. And like you said, the, the level of players from minute to minute, cause there's a lot of guys, I think the last seven minutes of this game, you know, pretty much was played by Pelicans who are not going to see the floor um, throughout the course of the season and Dyson Daniels. So, you know, so the things that you look for, there are different than when you judge a starting lineup, but you could control defensive effort. You could control turnovers, mental mistakes, those are the types of things, like you said, you want to see if people understand the basic concepts here of professional basketball and teamwork and are did they bring in effort. Um, and last night I'd have to say the thing that you, you were impressed with the Pelicans about, first and foremost, before we get into individuals, which is what everybody's going to talk about, is the energy of the group as a whole. Now, CJ, I thought CJ was a little um, lower on the energy scale, but he was a game-time decision pretty much. They didn't know if he was going to play. And I think CJ was kind of like, yeah, I'll give it a go because I'm a vet and they need a vet out there. I'll go give you a few minutes. But other than that, I thought the energy that the guys brought, and again, that's something that the commentators noticed on TNT. Somebody talked about it's something people have been talking about with this team since probably the middle of last season, the real energy amongst them as a group, that there is a sense of team there that you don't have to build at this point, which is something that even – you know, you're still adding. You look at the roster; there's still five, six different names on this who got into the game last night who weren't with this group last year. But that buy-in is immediate, no matter who's walking through the door right now. Yeah, you know, you
0: know, grip. There's a there's a confidence and a and an edge. Um, you know, you got to whether you watched it on. I kind of watched some of the some of the highlights a little bit uh, when I got home. You know, to see because I was I was physically at the game trying to see you know, how different did it, you know, did it look, you know, to me being, being there, playing it back on the phone. And it was the, it was the same thing. The energy was there. The edge was there. um, And it kind of stayed, it stayed consistent. You know, we were talking nine, 10, 11 guys. Um, And, you know, I, I look at, there are lower level guys on this team, rotation wise, that we, you know, that we talk about that, hey, man, they're going to at some point more than likely be asked to contribute. And I know, you know, you know, we all we all have a you know, we try to create this perfect world where nobody gets hurt. No one misses time. But, you know, it's important for some of these individuals to get these reps and it doesn't have to look pretty on a on a stat sheet. Just don't fuck it up, you know, and that and what you mentioned about the about them keeping like, you know, turning the ball over and so on and so forth. What I think about. You know, all all the good things don't carry over the preseason. But what what will are bad habits. Yep. And we've seen it. We've seen it a lot in this past four years of talking with each other. Like, man, they're turning the ball over a lot, right? Then the regular season starts, they're turning the ball over a lot. Oh man, they're you know their transition defense is terrible in preseason. Season starts, transition defense is horrible. How they're rotating over corner threes. You and I, I I'll never forget Zion's first year. We were in a group chat talking about, um, I think it was a Utah game, and they gave up every corner three you could ask of them to give up. How, they end up leading the season, I mean, leading the year, I, or, or um, I believe the NBA most corner threes giving up. It, it just so that's I do believe that bad habits carry over, and it was it was fun to see them not having anything to where I was like, or not a whole bunch of uh, that that's. That's troubling. That's bad to see. What are we? What are we doing here? Like guys, like you said, they gave effort. Um, there wasn't a whole bunch of individuals lost, not looking like they knew what they were doing. Out of the guys you think are going to play or can play at some point, and that's all you can. I, I, I mean, the Bulls looked a lot looked a lot more unsure of themselves than say the Pelicans did. And I don't know if if that's something even with a team missing Lonzo Ball and so on and so forth. Um, I don't know if I expected that. You know so, I mean, we'll see how it carries when other guys get into the rotation and Trey and BI. Um, and as we move forward through these next couple of weeks,
1: yeah, of course, the, the headline is all about Zion Williamson and, and him coming back. Um, 13 points in 15 minutes, four boards, one assist, one steal. I thought the, the most impressive things, A, is you wanted to see explosion, and he showed that really early, you know, in the baseline drive, elevating and getting the two-hand finish. He had to put back. Um, I like again that he got to the free throw line even in the preseason. You get five free throw attempts out of Zion. That's what you want to see in limited time. Um, you know the things that you still want to see, and I think it's it's it, it court time is certainly part of it. But he, there are times he looked better defensively and more active. But you can still see where he struggles in space, and um, I think he can still be. A better rebounder. I thought, you know, I think that that's a thing with Zion too. Is that you'd like to see him be a bit more aggressive in attacking the glass? And I thought there were times where he found himself a little bit too far away from the basket when the shot was taken.
0: And you know, um, yeah, I mean, I thought percent to agree with you. He had one. It was it was very inconsistent. He had one <laughs> early in the first in the first quarter <laughs> where he immediately decides I'm going to get that rebound. Mm-hmm. and it's like Zion you can do that every time like I know you love your teammates I know you trust your teammates I know you know you you have a tendency you no know, you no know, he got it no you go get it like if the ball is up there you go get it even if that means fighting with Jonas um go get it so you know I think and that could be you know a communication thing on the floor that they, you know that the guys got to clean up as well you know similar you know to a fly ball and baseball I got it you know um but yeah man i mean um i definitely would like to watch him um see him box out a little bit more i mean the ball watching it, it's still there you know you know to a to an extent when he's when he's off ball and has to make has to make rotations but he looks better it mm-hmm. is there right um i there was a you know a, a transition opportunity uh, defensively when they were getting back where he is a second away or a millisecond away from getting a chase down, uh, you know, chase down block. where it looks like he's kind of, you know, he's kind of jogging and then boom, he's there for the opportunity. So getting the timing back there. Um, when it, I mean, when it comes to timing and Zion just being, um, not being winded out there, those were the things that got him in trouble a lot defensively outside of how, how he was, you know, processing things and knowing where to be. He seemed a lot more sure of himself. Um, and I, I mean, I couldn't ask for much more, you know, than what than what I saw versus the last Zion that I watched play basketball. We know he has some things to clean up. Um, I mean, but you know, we still got to see it with with some of the other individuals. You need to see it next to Bi. You need to see the important guys. How they? We know they're going to score a lot of points. Everybody that we talk to, everybody that you talk to, knows this team is going to be very hard to stop offensively. We want to see how they defend. We want to see how they get those clutch rebounds. We want to see what they do on the other side of the floor um against teams because that's gonna really determine, you know, in my opinion. I mean that you know they could they they they, they might be able to outscore you to get to 40 wins if, if if guys are on the floor. But if they're getting to that next to that next level where people are talking about, they're getting past 45 wins, they're getting to 50 or you know, wherever you think their ceiling is, um, we got to see them continue to give effort uh make good rotations, communicate uh communicate well on the other side of the basketball floor. And um so far for a preseason game, so good.
1: Yeah, I wasn't worried about the runs that the Pelicans gave up um when 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 the starters weren't on the floor, you had certain groups. The other thing for Zion is I thought it was very interesting, and I think this is what you'll see quite often during the season when BI is not on the floor, whether it's because he's taking a rest Or just he's getting his rest during a game. C.J. McCollum and Zion are going to run a ton, a ton of pick and roll, and that is a bad choice for defenders because even if Bi is not on the floor and you're running it with C.J. and Zion, you still have Jonas on the opposite side in the post. You're going to have a Trey on the opposite wing to catch a three. You're going to have Herb who can cut off of. The secondary, if they if they bring two guys at Zion off of the cut, and Her could come on the backside and, and cut to the basket. I mean, they have so many options in that, and I think that those two, because to me, Willie really balancing the offense and giving everybody their opportunity over the course of a game, and then when they do come together, they're much ab- more able to kind of not have to worry about is it my shot. That balance is going to be huge, and I think establishing that that relationship for CJ and Zion is a lot bigger than it was for BI and Zion because there's a, I mean, BI and um, CJ, because there was a more natural fit, I think for, for those two, whereas this, you can, I mean, you saw it. I mean, just pick and roll situations. That's I don't know what a defense is supposed to do when CJ can pull up in the mid range or step back for three. And then you got to deal with a rolling Zion. It's a, it's a lot, man. And
0: I'm glad you brought that up because you know, and and the the impact that those two have together go beyond when they're just in an action together. There's a play in that game where Jonas and CJ are running a pick and roll. You have Herb on one side and you have Zion on the other corner. And Chicago, they decide they're gonna bring they're gonna bring the guy that's in Zion's corner over to kind of trap CJ off of the off of the pick and roll. It leaves Vucevic in no man's land, off the drop. Zion cuts cuts back door. It's an easy opportunity to score. You got to make. I was I was talking to uh, to a Joe Myers, shout out to play by play announcer for the Pelicans, and man, you know, you know, we talked about how like te- teams are gonna have to make decisions. They they like they're gonna have to make a lot of tough decisions night in and night out, and it it won't always have it won't always involve the person that has the basketball. You know, I mean, you know, the team—they have a lot of, they have more unselfish guys, I think, in the in the main in the main group of rotation that they've had in a long time. They got a lot of talented unselfish guys that are going to pass the basketball and that are going to look to make the right play. Sometimes they'll be too unselfish, um, and it's just it's, it, it, but it's just going to be it's going to be tough to read because I don't know what you do on a on a um, on a Zion CJ picking roll. I don't I don't I don't know what you do. You can't, you know with the attention that Zion gives, you know that everybody has their eyes on him. But what, I mean, off of the screen, you're going to give, you're going to let one of the best mid-range shooters that we've seen in the league, you're going to you're gonna give him, gonna let him walk into these shots. I mean, what what are you going to do? The problems that a lot of teams used to, used to give the Pelicans on pick and rolls with drop coverage, it's going to, I mean, you're going to be seeing the same thing um, when teams have to guard the Pelicans. How many call threes are you giving up? Who are you deciding to say? All right, we're gonna live and die by what they do. And nine times out of ten, man, you know, okay, you if you decide I'm gonna let her beat you, her plays like you can't make her make a decision. He doesn't want to make basketball. Yep. He's not gonna shoot the jumper because you're asking him to. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm just. It's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting to watch. Um, you know, I mean, are you gonna leave Trey who? You know, I mean it's close, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be back in that close to 40 or you know if not 40, better. You know, if if not better, what exactly do you do um night in and night out? And I, I think defending this team, man, is gonna be it's gonna be real interesting how what teams decide to do. Do they go big, do they go small? Um because I but at the end of the day, I I'm not sure if there's one answer. And that's that's why you put these guys together.
1: Yeah, the thing with Zion that makes it so difficult is you cannot like with most bigs who are coming to it, you're figuring either it's well, the lob is coming up because of height, or that's it's the drop-off with Zion, because he gets up so quickly, he extends the time that you have to throw that lob. So you can the point guard or whomever can take an extra step in to make that defense react because Zion can get up off of that vertical so quickly, even at his size, it makes and we saw it. I mean, we just saw a couple drop-offs to him. Um, that turned into lobs, and he was able to finish. And it's just, that's that's offensively, we, we've said it, offensively this team is so skilled that you look at it from every spot. You know, the first shot of the game is Herb Jones knocking down a three from the wing, and he goes two for three from on his three-point shot, and it looks really natural taking it. Do I expect Herb knocking down two threes every night? No. But like you said, what you're looking for is that confidence and that growth. Whereas last year, I don't think he takes the first shot of the game. You know what I mean? There's no way, and, and not when a guy's running out at him on, you know, on that on that side. Now Herb has developed that confidence that this is my shot. I can take this shot. I'm in rhythm. I have space, and he knocked it down. So I mean, I think, like you said, you look for those little things. And out of most of the guys last night, I think out of outside of Najee Marshall, who looked like he was scoring too fast um, when he got in the game. Which is the Naji's thing, like Najee plays at one speed, but for most for the most part, there wasn't something that each player from last season you didn't see, like whether it's Larry Nance knocking down threes, doing his same old thing, attacking the glass, getting blocks, you know, I mean, you know, affecting shots, getting steals, getting offensive board, all those things, and we saw as the bench unit in total, Billy Hernan Gomez. A guy who's the third center essentially, Ooh. and Billy is still showing that that agility. We saw, I mean, we saw with Billy two putback dunks. You saw, I mean, he was pulling down boards. He he's shown again that in low sample size, in a few minutes against the right matchups, Billy Hernan Gomez is a problem as a third or two and a half, you know, center wherever you want to put him, and and those are advantages offensively that not a lot of teams are going to have this year.
0: Billy, Billy came out and reminded people, Hey guys, I think I'm going to play <laughs> like, like, like I'm not like what I didn't, what I did in the Euro league. Like I can do, I can do here. I mean, I, I may not be set like you, like you mentioned, I may not be made for every, for every type of uh, personnel matchup that we're going against, but like I can play this game and you know, not, but not just him. Right. Not just Neds. Jose Alvarado. Um, man, there, there's there, there's a point in that third quarter where the Bulls still have starters in. They still have DeMar DeRozan out there. Caruso's there. Um, you know, some of the regulars from last year, Javante Green and company. Um, and the Bulls make a little a little bit of a run. And like Jose did so many times last year late in the season, he calm he comes in and calms down the team. A couple, a couple layups couple of the right passes, a steal here, the right, you know, the right play getting people and you know, involved in the right sets, finding guys, not, not, not forcing a jumper, uh, trying to get something going while, you know, the crowd is getting back to it, even, even for a preseason game, just those type of things. It just teams have to deal with so many different player archetypes with this team, with the Pelicans, um, it's just once you're once you're done with once you're done with one part. All right, here, here's another one. Here's another one. The depth, I think, um, even, even if it isn't perfect, I think the depth, it's gonna be interesting how how overwhelming it can get if these guys are all in tune playing with each other. Um, and they can continue to build that chemistry um and pick up where they left off and 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 welcoming in some of these parts because man, gets to a point, man, where you know, you, you know, you got you know, you get to the third quarter and you're dealing with a lot of the different things that, that the Pelicans can throw at you offensively. You know, how many more at, at what point are a team, you know, is a, is a defense saying I'm going to get in front of Zion here. I'm going to get in front of Jonas teams. I mean, you're going to tire teams out. You know, that that's just, that's just what's going to happen. You know, the, to begin the beginning of the third. And I thought, I thought that the starters, I thought that CJ and Zion, I was kind of surprised that they came out to start the third quarter, but you know that's what ended up the, like the bulls like all right i'm tired of this i'm tired of i'm uh, zion get get out of the game you know um and then you know when you're done with that you got a you know a, a few other array of players physically that can um impact the game in different ways whether it be out of the post whether it be on pick and pops you get a you know you get a, a a corner three from Billy Hernan Gomez off a beautiful pass from Dyson Daniels. They just have so many different type of players that they can throw at you that understand the game at a high level. Um, You know, they're they're not going to be very
1: predictable, I don't believe. No, I I think this team will – like, there won't be somebody who averages 10 assists on this team. But you're going to have a whole bunch of people averaging five, you know, four, five, six, seven like you get 7 out of CJ 7 out of BI 7 out of um Zion you know what i mean you get 5 here from it'll it'll be like that i think there'll be a ton of hockey assists you know this team will there'll be if we if the nba counted secondary assists the pelicans will have a lot of those um this season because like you said that 0.5 mentality that that willie green wants on offense and the fact that you have enough, enough guys offensively you understand how not to be rushed you're not going to rush Herb Jones. You're not going to rush Trey Murphy. You're not going to rush Brandon Ingram. You're not going to rush Zion Williams. You're not rushing Jonas Valanciunas. You're not re- – I mean, there's just – even Dyson Daniels as a rookie when he had the ball, and he said, you know, in the first half, he's like, I was going too fast. It was the speed of the game. It was a big adjustment. And, yes, and you're a rookie, and you're playing point guard. Again, and I'll say this every time you notice. Know My philosophy is point guard is the hardest position to learn in the NBA. There's, there's no transition – that's comparable in the sport of having to pick up how to be an NBA point guard. And, but you saw with that second unit, third unit in the fourth quarter with Dyson Daniels running it, he gets 10 points. He gets assists. He made the right pass on the, on the the last possession, even though it didn't end up with a three and he gets the offensive rebound. Those kinds of instincts, that basketball IQ, You know, somebody, one of the questions that we got was, are the Pelicans a problem or are they a problem problem? Offensively, the Pelicans are a problem problem for other teams. You are going to have to be very disciplined in how you deal with this group as long as they are not turning over the basketball. And I don't see a lot of high turnover players on this roster who are going to get big minutes. You know, your biggest turnover problem last year was probably Devontae Graham He didn't turn the ball over last night and he's not going to get the opportunity, even if he's playing to get those kinds of turnovers in the course of the regular season. Yeah, man, it it just, it, it doesn't,
0: it doesn't appear getting getting an early glimpse that you're going to have a, you don't have guys trying to do too much. You don't have guys trying to overcompensate, you know, and sometimes that's what, that's what being familiar with the guy next to you and, 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 you know, just a high end talent base can do. You know, uh, everybody can be comfortable playing their role and it just worked the way that it's supposed to. And listen, I mean, things will, they will be challenged. Adversity will strike and, you know, they will have games where they look sloppy. They will have games where where where, where, where the shots are, they will have games where, you know, an offensive file that should have been, a you know, is committed, that should have been a pass. Yes, all those things will happen. But the mind like the mindset the the approach is right that's that's what you really want to see is the I'm not concerned about the result I'm concerned about the approach here how are you approaching these situations you can't control if the shot that you take in the corner is gonna go in or not but you damn sure can run up can run up the right play you damn sure can make the right place the right passes to get it there that's what you want to see and that's what's so interesting about Dyson man um no, I think for you know a lot of rookies, in my time, you see them really pressing to for different reasons, and he was. Yes, he's nervous because oh, you know, this is this this is his first game, this his first NBA NBA game of sorts, live live speed like this is this this is it, this is his audition. I mean,
1: he had just what eight ten minutes of summer league yeah. against guys that ain't playing right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so he's supposed to be he's supposed to be nervous, but man, Dyson does things on the floor that you just can't. I couldn't teach him to do it like his instincts don't draw him into the bad places. You know, it doesn't it, especially defensively. It does not. He understands rotations so well for a dude that is 19 years old. That's where the professionalism kicks in early because, you know, um that play where he rotates where where his head is moving, but it's not because he's lost. It's because he's trying to read where he's going to have to take off to, and he takes off where he's, where he's supposed to be, against against Vucevic and strips the ball. How many 19-year-olds are doing that? How many 19-year-olds know to be there and then are going to make the play? Um, and look, man, it's not easy. And if you don't think – if you if you think it is, ask Trey Murphy. Ask Trey Murphy last year about how easy it is adjusting to NBA, NBA defense. It's not easy. Ask, ask Ricky Zion Williamson. Ask as Brandon Ingram when he
1: was given the reins yeah. initially, it was when, when teams finally started saying, Oh, that's their score. There were a lot of those eight for 24 nights, you know, if for a little while with BI when he was struggling with that and it's an adjustment. It's not. I mean, so it, it's, it's
0: difficult. So, for you to be able to do that at nineteen right away, you 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 see why. Like it's it's good to know our eyes didn't lie,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like it, you can see why guys are say no. He's gonna play much sooner than you believe, without a doubt, because he understands the game and it translates for him physically right away on the floor. It's not just he's thinking and his body's a step late. No, his his mind and body are on the same accord when he's out there. Offensively, sure, he's not a polished product yet. That jumper is gonna take some work. But it doesn't look bad. It does. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it does not look horrible. Again, the approach is there, and he doesn't have to. If the fun part about him is, Grub, he doesn't have to be a thirty a thirty. He, he doesn't have to be a lights out shooter to
1: do. What he's never playing. going to shoot this season. He's never going to get another game where he shoots six threes in a game. Correct. That will not happen again this year. Correct. 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 And you know, I mean.
0: He's gonna be surrounded by enough of the enough of the individuals. Like Willie, Willie's not. I don't. You know, he's not stupid. He he he's gonna put the guys. He's gonna put enough offensive talent out there to where Dyson's not gonna to have to carry carry a load. So where teams are gonna. The last thing teams are gonna be have to worry about is how we how do we decide to play Dyson Daniels here. And he's smart enough to know. Similar to what we talked about with her, to where you can't make Dyson make a decision. He doesn't want to, and he sees the floor. He had he has eyes all over the floor that we talked about the past, you know, to Hernan Hernan Gomez. Um, but those secondary passes, those, those hockey assists, all those will play his, his ability to finish um, at the rim, whether it be through layups or whether it be that floater, all of them are going to play um, or come in handy for him. And I think, you know, for this team at some point, man, but it, it's, it's, it's very interesting and it's it's fun to say if anyone need, if anyone wants to know defensively like just how how he looks out there like when you are just watching him whether it be communicating whether it be instincts whether it be the rotations that he's making he's closer to herb jones than he is trey murphy rookie year. that's the best way i can describe it to you in pelican's terms i'm not saying he's herb jones but he's closer to a herb jones and how he moves defensively for a for, for a rookie than he is what trey murphy
1: was Early in the year to start the year, there is a coldness to Dyson Daniels' game. You saw during that fourth quarter when the game got tight, Bulls closed in, and it's getting there. After he makes a play, and they, the, the after he made that play, the foul late where you know where he gets the offensive rebound, and they foul and kind of shut the game down, try to get a last chance. When they call that timeout everybody's coming on the court, high five, blah, 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 blah. Dyson Daniels is walking back very chill, no emotion on his face. He puts his hand up. He is in the moment. He is in that moment. He knows that there's less than a minute of game to play. My head needs to be in this. Sure, this is just the preseason, and we all have a fun. That's great with Chicago. uh, We all going to go out to eat, and everything's going to be great after this. But in that moment, that's something that you that I'm looking for is that that kid was was locked in and ready to go. He was not thinking about this as if you're if you're Daquan Cibrian in that situation. Man, these are fun minutes, you know. Yeah, you want to do what you can do while you're in, but these are fun minutes. You're not going to be on the roster for Dyson Daniels. This is homework. This is exactly he's got to put these minutes on tape to show Willie Green to show everybody else that he deserves to be in that top 10 of the rotation not be number 11 not be number 12 not be number 13 for him to be in that top 10 from season's opening and I think yeah last night he made a big step in that you put up 15 points in the way that he did it like you said take the take the one for six for three out he was willing to attack the basket he was willing to shoot the mid-range he had moves he could finish with left and right and you, you know somebody also on Twitter remarked oh so we ended up drafting Lonzo Ball In a way you did, yeah. And and the skills that we liked about Lonzo, the ability to make the connection as a passer, that link that that Dyson brings in at 6'7, could be 6'8, could be 6'9 in another year, like Trey grew. All those things that you saw, it just it just made me like you said, I think that you it's the same way I felt about Herb and Trey last year when I watched them in summer league, and, and I we were in group talking about, and I said, Heard needs to start from day one. I'm not saying Dyson needs to start, but say day one because again, the physicality. I think, and and that the point guard position is much different, but he should be playing. In my mind, there should be some room for ten minutes of Dyson Daniels at the very least as we start this season. You know, and look, and it goes back to um, how much how much environment
0: matters. We talk about it. You 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 talk about it all the time for these individuals. With Dyson, how would Dyson look if he was in Indiana right now? How would he look in Oklahoma City? I don't know. But I do know that for a guy with his skills, they are going to look a, they, they are going to look 10 times better on this team. Dyson, Dyson makes as much sense as he does and he was the right pick because of the fit he is day one for the skills that are around him and it's going to allow him to develop at his own pace and that's scary that's scary because he already comes in with you know pretty much an nba body he already comes in with an nba mind he already comes in with some mm-hmm. with some form of nba athleticism he already comes in at a at a at a prototypical size for what you you know for what you want in this era of you know of you know being able to be flexible defensively and you know switchable he can play on the ball off the ball he's I mean, that that him being that that well rounded was perfect for this team. And we talked about what he can do defensively, but you know, it just feels like it's only going to be enhanced by the situation he's walking into. He there there is no pressure. If Dyson if if Dyson wasn't ready to play a minute this year, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't matter. It would be, we would, we would be perfect. And that's the fun part about it. They're not gonna be playing Dyson Daniels because they have to right now. They're gonna be playing because he's because he's worth it. You know what I'm saying? It's not because, yo, man, we desperately need you to play. No. <laughs> he's ready and he's going to earn these minutes. He's worth you putting out there. Not not because you put an investment in him. No, because he's just that damn good and at what he does and what this team is. It's the perfect fit. And it's not a, it's not a it's not a safe. It's not a safe pick. There's some room there for him, for him to grow. And I'm just I'm just really, really excited with him, with that mind, with that focus, um, with that mentality and all those different variables that we that, that we talk about with him. I'm excited to see similar to how we felt about Herb and about Trey for being for being picks that hit the ground running in some in some respects right away. Those other talents that they're going to have to work on, they're not going to have to overextend themselves. What do that? Does that does that help their ceiling? And how much does it going forward, especially between the years? Because mm-hmm. mentally, you're not going to have many many down nights because the the load that you're asked to carry it isn't like it is for most number eight overall picks, and that's what that's what was special about getting that Lakers pick. It's not it, just the fact that you were able to get it. You you can put a guy who is normally not going to be in this type of setup. In a top 10 or, or coming out of a um, being a lottery pick in this position day one, yeah, he, he, he could be in a lot of – he, he could be in Portland right now. He could be in a lot of other places where they're asking him to do different things.
1: Yeah, he could be forced to be the starting point guard from day one and learn a lot of bad habits. Um, having to take shortcuts in order to try to win some games. And, you know, with, with the wrong, like the situation is so important. I think we disregard that when we look at people's careers, where were they drafted, who were they coached by, and who do they have around them are all huge factors. When you look at this, it's also, be I, I'm also so um, excited about Dyson Daniels because he, he raises the team's floor and its ceiling at the same time. He does both of those things as a rookie, which is rare. Like I said, typically your rookie might raise your floor, in year one, but they're not late lifting your ceiling. You're still gonna be a bad team if you took somebody at eight. Your team is probably bad. Um, he gets to fall into a situation where the other guys his age now, the herbs not you know not his direct age but NBA age, mm-hmm. Herb, Trey, Jose, Naji, all these guys three years and under, they're the same. Their mentality is the same. They may not, again, like you said about the offense, it may not look the same. There may not be the same action off of every cut. They are not the same player, but they share a common mentality. They are guys who, A, want to be on the floor. They are not willing to wait their turn. Not one of them. Herb does not think that he belongs on the bench. Trey, if you ask him today, he thinks he could start for 29 NBA teams, and maybe the only ones he, he wouldn't think he could start for got Kevin Durant, LeBron James. You know, what I'm saying? like those are the places where he couldn't start. If you asked him, I think the same is there with Dyson Daniels. Though he is not arrogant, he is certainly confident, and there's and all of these dudes have a swagger about them that comes from their self assuredness, not because of their draft position. Or where what school they came from, or what the expectations were. Because the expectations for Herb were certainly not what he did. The expectations for Trey, people knew his name, but that he certainly was not. Now you're looking at Trey as we're talking about him as a dude who could be an all-star someday, maybe. That on uh, that second wave, to me, that's the, the exciting thing that I look at in preseason is man, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and CJ McCullum are all gonna be in their low, mid to late primes at the same time. By the time CJ's extension wears off, runs out. When that happens, then you've got Herb, Trey, and Dyson all coming into their second contracts at the same time. And those dudes can be your core once you've decided maybe that CJ's too old. Now Dyson merges into slides into that starting point guard spot. Now maybe your two guard you got B.I. can slide down as he gets older back to the three where he doesn't have to guard twos, and you got Herb at the two, and you've got Zion playing the three as that small three, and Trey playing a big four, uh, stretch four. There's just so many possibilities, and I think that's hard for the, the analyst in me to put aside because the basketball fan in me and what Pelicans fans and the Pels 12 last night, yeah, that's when you get into the excitement of it and there's certainly a lot of that too. which you walk away from watching the team last night, you see people talk about: Can we go 87 and 0? Can we do? Can we do all this? I get it. I feel it. It's just I have to temper it because it's real easy to get out of pocket in your expectations and your excitement for this team. Sure,
0: man. Look, I mean in the in the midst of you of you going through your excitement, there, I'm thinking about the San Antonio Spurs. Like you know, um, you think about the run that they had and everything that you mentioned about, about the guys, you know, you had your core as they're so as as they're leaving or or, uh, getting into different pockets of of their career, somebody else is coming up. Right. So, you know, you get Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Well, once, once David Robinson is, you know, is the end of his career is coming. All right, well, here's, here's Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili for you. And then, you know, once, once Manu starts to slow down and Tony starts to slow, down, Tim's at the end of his career, okay, here's Kawhi Leonard for you. Um, and then you don't, you, you know, you add a bunch of different cast of characters to that group that I'm that I'm forgetting, you know, that play meaningful minutes and possessing for this team. Um, and that's that that's what development is, but the right development, being able to know um put putting people in situations where don't have they don't have to do anything more than they're comfortable with. And it still resulting wins. And I think that I think this team is healthy. They're gonna have the opportunity to do that a lot of different nights. And that's scary because that keeps you away from, from a lot of bad habits that plague you down the down the road, down the stretch. That keeps you away from, you know, guys not trusting each other when it matters most. Um that that makes this that that makes this ride, that makes the failures when they come, um, you know, not as not not as troublesome, not as worrisome, because no one is doing more. they're capable of or that they're asked to and when your talent is, is 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 spread out that far you know man like i mean and you're right about you know what you said i mean three three years from now um dyson's gonna be a completely different player we could be you know trey murphy's gonna be a completely different player herb jones is gonna be 26 27 a completely different player zion and him you know he's gonna be 25 26 like we're not even scratching the surface so and the the list goes on and on for brandon and such so I I mean it's hard not to get not to get excited you know even even when you get a glimpse of how what they're at you know the the unfinished uh early exhibition you know that still has to welcome in Brandon Ingram and still has to welcome in Trey Murphy it's hard not to get excited because you just see you see the mentality play out you can tell where the team was you can tell, you could tell where um, that these guys are playing for each other, and it's hard not to envision. It's hard to envision Brandon and Trey getting getting in the way of that. It doesn't mean that they won't have problems. It, it seems, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean that they're gonna win sixty games. Right. It doesn't mean they're not gonna go on a. That they they may not, you know, they may lose two or three in a row at some point during the year. But it looks like what they can control, they're gonna do it really well and it doesn't matter who's on the floor if you can have a good mixture of that you know that core those three of Zion B.I. you know C.J. And you can fit Jonas in there you know you know if you want to most nights they're gonna be damn hard to deal with especially in a regular season
1: yes and I, I think that you know the one thing you do that, that makes it easier to pump the brakes on expectations is that there were 36 wins last year you don't jump from 36 to 60. Yeah. This is the NBA. And, um, and I, and I I try to remind people too. this, the Western conference is really hard again. Like it, it, for two years, it was, it seemed like it was easy to move up and down in the West, but the top of the West has gotten really, really good again. And, And I think that's, that puts, you know, I, I feel it when folks say, well, Pel- Pelican's going to make the, NBA. I feel you. I feel you. I would never step on your parade. I would never come out and in the second line. I, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but when I look at the West and I say the Western conference champion, the NBA champions are coming back with Clay Thompson from day one. And they were the third seed last year. Let's remember that. The Warriors were the third seed of the West mm-hmm. last year. And they're bringing back Klay Thompson from day one. They'll have Kaminga. They'll have the, their young players that were injured for a lot of last season, too. So they ain't falling off. Unless somebody, again, we're doing this before a game has been played, ain't nobody got hurt. So in the, the vacuum of, of what we expect, they ain't going nowhere. Memphis, if they're healthy, is still a top four team in the West, if they're healthy. um, we're talking about Minnesota that adds Rudy Gobert went 22 and 11 down the stretch without much of a defense. The one thing we talked about, Minnesota was stupid and couldn't play defense last season. Anthony Edwards to me is a borderline all-star already. If he takes that jump. And I think they probably move a D'Angelo Russell down the road. Cause he's the immature one in that group. You want to get mature. You've added Gobert. You got Carl uh, Anthony Towns. You got Anthony Edwards. You have your big three get you some more of those role players around those guys. But they have all that talent. Denver, (laughs) Jamal Murray's back. Michael Porter Jr. will be back at some point during this season. They win 47 games just with the MVP doing what he does. So those are three teams right there, four teams that you're talking about. Even if Phoenix takes a step back and they're not as good as they were, they still going to win 45-plus games just because – Chris Paul and those veterans will drag it to that. They may not win 60, but 45 is still right, I I think, in their wheelhouse. And we have to remember Sacramento was only two games behind the Pelicans last year. And they're better. That lineup they have is clearly better. The only team in the West to me that got significantly worse is San Antonio and Utah. Utah is clearly tanking. San Antonio never does a full tank. They gonna play hard. They don't do a (laughs) full tank. Houston is is not going to be as easy to beat as they were last year. So that's the thing for me is you have to remember everybody kind of got better outside of Utah, which took three giant steps back. But everybody's a little bit better in the West if they're healthy. And so even the Lakers are not going to be as full on bonfire as they were last year. You expect some type of rebound for them so it, all those things considered the Clippers being healthy is a problem you know so I think it's you know the Pelicans to me it, the realistic thing and I keep saying is if all things go well if everything goes right I think that they can get a five seed I really believe that they can be a five that who to wouldn't me who wouldn't from that? 10 where they were last year at 36 wins from 10 to five in one year if you can do that I don't think you have anything to complain about Grow. I mean,
0: all things considered. I mean, I, I the goal, the fair goal, the uh the hot. When we're talking, it, it, it may not be the you know you know the highest of reaching goals, but just don't be in the playing. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Just don't back into the playoffs.
1: Don't don't be waiting till the last day of the season.
0: That's it. That's it. If you can do that, you're perfectly fine. Now, great if you're able somehow. To you know, to get a get home court event. If you somehow are able to get a fourth, get a fourth, yo, that's great. If you're able to to exceed, that's fine. But starting out, you know, and and then that's the thing that we have to remember. We have to know our history, man. You don't go from, you know, okay, even even if you believe, all right, the team was, they won, you know, 30, 35, 36 games last year, but adding CJ alone. Changes the you know it changes the scale a little bit so they're not really a thirty I mean how how however you wanna you wanna kind of frame it like it's a step it's a it's a it's a gradual it's a gradual you know you know step you don't you don't go from thirty five wins to sixty win. like history history tells you you're gonna go from thirty five to maybe maybe you go from, to forty seven and then you go from forty seven. So you can get to fifty three, and then you know you can jump from every every now and then you'll get a team that gets wins the wins forty eight games and like Memphis for example, you know they're what I think a ninth seed or an eighth seed one year, and then the next year they end up being. But like, they had been
1: in the playoffs three straight years. They had been in the playoffs exactly. every year since they had drafted Ja. So right. their build had been coming.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a gradual progression. It doesn't all have to come right away, and it you know it shouldn't, man. I mean this is. This is a ride, and I know for um, you know, we haven't Pelicans fans and observers hadn't had haven't we haven't had the opportunity to see development in this light before. So we ain't you know, seen
1: back-to-back we, playoff seasons yeah.
0: in over a decade. Yeah. has yeah. <laughs> been dramatic. Everything's been dramatic one way, one way or another. You haven't had just the just the regular vanilla year. You haven't had a Portland run, right? Where it's just I expect this team to make the playoffs. They made the playoffs. They lost in the second round, and now we're talking about a team. All right. Well, how can they get past here? How can they get past this wall? Because that's what that's what this team, I think, eventually, if all goes well, that's what we, what we should be talking about. One step at a time. I know that that's not the sexiest thing to say, but that's typically how it goes. You bump your head a few times. All the great teams, all the teams that become great, they've had to run into. They have to, they have, you know, they have to run in the checkpoints before they get into their ultimate goal and they take over and become dominant. It's just all of them. It, Even it, the it,
1: super teams. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, you know, you, this isn't adding Kevin Garnett, um, you know, Ray Allen and to Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo. It's not that. And that's not an insult to who the Pelicans have. But what I'm saying is, That group was adding, you're adding an MVP in KG, uh, you know, a a guy who was at the time when he got to Boston was already a certified Hall of Famer. Paul Pierce was a borderline Hall of Famer, having been to Eastern Conference Finals before with Boston, having been an All-Star, having been a guy who had averaged 28 points in the league at different times. Ray Allen had been to a conference finals with the, the Milwaukee Bucks. He had been in playoff battles, all those things. And you added that to the perfect point guard for that group and a bunch of role players who were veterans, Tony Allen, who knew his role already. You're, you know, you had a bunch of guys, uh, Eddie House, who was a, just a shooter off the bench, knew what he was supposed to do. The Pelicans are still a weird mix of veterans and youth, and, some, and these young veterans are the ones who are going to end up having to be the deciders for this team. And I think that's why it's so important that they were able to, to extend to Larry Nance, because your second unit was devoid of experience outside of Larry Nance it's a bunch of young guys and so to me it's that was so big because you don't you're still you know you know, you know my thing the five game win streak that that's what I'm waiting on is a five game win streak and I will buy my first piece of Pelican's merchandise I refuse to do it because I'm in the media but I will buy Pelican's merchandise if they win five in a row because I've just been waiting for that and those are the signs of a good team get over 500 at home be over 500 on the road. I think if the Pelicans go 21 and 20 on the road this year and you start at, you know, as a, as a home team, 24 and 17 at home, which that's your minimum, your goal, your minimum goal should be 24 and 17 at home. That's 45 wins. And I think that's a, if, if you told me this team had 45 wins and with seven games over 500 at the smoothie King center, which they have not been, in probably like eight years, man, I, I, I'm not going to complain about that because to me, again, I think you and I are in agreement. This 82 games is not about any one individual game; it's about what this team looks like at game 82.
0: Yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, I, when, like, when did when when did 45 wins become like ugly? especially in the Western Conference, man, right now, like it's going to be a dogfight. I, I've, I've, I've been on record saying that I think that they can win 50 games, but it's going to take a lot to go. We, we're going to have to see a lot for that, you know, for that to happen. Um, and part of that is things that we just, we physically need to see the change. If once we see them, expectations can change, right? Mm-hmm. Because good teams, you know, we have to see how how this team responds to, you know, to back-to-backs. How do they respond to emotional wins? This group, how do they? How do they respond to two emotional wins? And you got a bad team coming coming into the Smoothie King Arena the next night. Do they lay an egg? You know, um, how do they? How do they handle handle certain certain road trips? How do they handle? Do they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat? Do they let? Do they, do they? Do they? Do they have a tendency of letting teams stay around, or, or do they put them out? Um, how do they play when, you know, uh, you know, I watch. You watch Miami throughout the year. Sometimes it doesn't matter who's out there. Jimmy Butler can play. He cannot play. The other guys just step up and they beat who's ever on the floor. It happens all the time. They don't the good teams don't have excuses because every team goes through something. Every team has has a cast of guys that are going to that are gonna miss time. They have guys that are gonna get rest. You know, I mean, we've been playing within a pandemic for the past the past three years. So I mean. It, it, there's there's always going to be something. But do you go out there and still find a way to win? That's what I see.
1: Yeah, you know, um, that is. Yeah, it's that difference between imposing your will and playing well. And they could play well, but winning teams impose their will and they make you make other teams do what they want them to do. And that's that's a big step. It's not something that is easy for young teams to do. That's the reason why they say battle-tested. When you look at a team and you see, you look at Milwaukee or you look at um, you know the teams that have won the title the last several years, they're battle-tested. That's what it takes to win a championship. You don't just figure it out on the fly. And it's, this Pelicans team, we can't really say that they're battle-tested yet because the expectations last year were not there once Zion sat down and then... 36 wins does, you know what I mean? Like no matter what, you can't make 36 wins into more than 36. That's what they are. They're 36. I mean, no matter, you know, and they were still 14 and 14 down the stretch as you were trying to find this consistency. So last year doesn't really carry over as far as those types of things. What you're looking for the carryover, as we said, mentality, um, continued effort, and growth. And I think we I think we see Willie Green is gonna take this seriously um, from the outset. The only concerns I do have for this team, like it, it all starts and ends for me on the defensive end. And, and um, I think we saw active hands last night. I think we saw people willing to, to do their job, take charges and step in at, at different times. Um, but again, it's hard when you don't have the full group together um, to see it. But I think that's something that we won't know really because yeah they gave up a 40 point quarter yesterday and i don't think that that happens if you have the right guys on the floor but i think that's something we're going to have to wait 5 10 games into the season to start really understanding how this group this new group plays defense together Hey, man even even with even with fun development there's
0: a there's a waiting period you know i mean i you know you look around man you know denver denver has as a has a mvp winning center and they haven't been in the finals. They bump their head every, every year first, first round, second round, Western conference finals, they go on and on. Think about the, think about the amount of um, playoff, playoff round exits that Dame Lillard has had in Portland and all the different variations, variations that they've had. Think about that. You know, last year with Boston, they were at a point in period in time where they were, they were a 500 team, a 500 basketball team. We were, you know, there was questions about congeling, Jalen, Jalen and Jason can't, can't play together. They, one of them has to go. Mm-hmm.
1: Those,
0: those conversations were had. We talked about, um, with, you know, you talked about Milwaukee, the different, um, trials and tribulations that they had to, that they had to go through getting trying to get through older, older narratives of whether it was, whether it was Giannis alone or if him having enough help alone, you know, wh- Chris Middleton and drew holiday. Was that enough? I mean, the list goes on and on to get, to, how
1: much of a change did Toronto make to win their yeah. title? They gave up <laughs> nope. Mr. Hump. You know, <laughs> it's that way, you know, yeah. and just to get over the hump. Fan, that's the part that I always tell fans is the guy you love the most today might not be here tomorrow. Like I think that, that six that we talk about, you know, Zion, CJ, BI, Herb, um uh Trey, Dyson. Those guys, I think that's the group that this team want, the franchise wants to build around. Yeah. That's that's your immediate and future core. You have that set up. And very few teams get that kind of luck to be able to say, we've already got the second generation in place if they develop as we as we expect them to. You've got those guys, and you know what level that they're they're coming in at. They're coming in at a starter type level, and you feel comfortable. If Trey had to start four or five games a season in a row you'd feel fine with that. if You know what I mean? If, if Jose had to start a couple of games back, I don't want Jose to start 20 games, but if Jose had to start two or three games, I'm good with that. If you know, So I, I think that's a, a very rare thing that we've had with this franchise is to look at the depth and actually just say, not only is it there, but it's quality depth, it's versatile depth, and it's depth that you don't worry about not just holding on to the lead. They feel like a team that can, they could come back from a deficit with that second unit, and it feels like you can extend the lead with that second unit. Yeah, man, and and it's 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 very. If, if there's anything I
0: I want people to get excited about is that alone, man. Is is that alone finally being being in a situation where all hell doesn't doesn't break loose when your best player is off the floor, or your second best player is off the floor. You don't want to be what the Lakers are right now. <laughs> You don't you, you don't want to be what they've been the past few years to where everything that they do, them even being in games now, not just not being dominant, not not winning games, them just being hanging around in games has so much to do with LeBron James is on the floor, if LeBron and AD are on the floor, it's a it's a it's a gift, man. It's a blessing to be in a spot to where you have so much roster um, flexibility and you have so many of the right guys that you can throw out there that can do different things. Um, that will either that will either accelerate or um, kind of calm a situation down. That even e- even even if you're experimenting with lineups, it probably won't kill you. It probably won't kill you because you have so many different smart individuals with with a wide array of tools that fit well together. That it can probably. It, it just it's, this isn't like last year where your your version or your thought of experimenting was, well, what do I, do I start Garrett Temple, you know? Um, well, I gotta bring in Kyrie Lewis for for twenty minutes a game. No, and no, no disrespect to these guys, but that that was your version in a lot of ways of you know of experiment. Okay, well, I gotta give Jackson full time minutes at the four now. Like you know, even even if we've seen that on on film, you had to you you had to live with that. You had to live by that knowing that that's not what you want him to be. Right. I I, I mean, it's just, that's the, that's the crown jewel. I think of it, of it all with this team is that now, like you're so, you're, you're such a deep team. Like if Najee Marshall is playing, Najee came in in the playoffs last year out of necessity, right? He was playing playoff minutes out of, out of necessity. If, you do that this year more than like in a lot of ways you do it because you want to play him
1: mm-hmm. not
0: because you have to you know and listen it it helped him last year because those those situations helped him find Jose Alvarado okay you know it helps you get it helped you um get the best out of Herb Jones at the end of the year it play it, it, it was you don't wonderful. get that
1: second half out of Trey. yes because you could if if the, if Zion is playing maybe Trey never gets off the bench in the second half of the season because he went, like, ten games where he got no minutes and had fallen completely out the rotation. Maybe if Zion's playing last year, Trey never gets that confidence back.
0: Yeah. So, um, it blessed you last year. This year, you get an opportunity to not have to live that life. We don't – I don't want to – you know, listen, man. I mean, you learn a lot about yourself when you're poor. You You do. (laughs) (laughs) You learn learn a lot of survival skills when you're poor, man. But look, dog, you don't want to live that way your whole life if you don't have to. You know, it's fun. It's okay to come on a a better side of living, man. You know, pork and beans is good, you know, when you need it, man. You know, know, that grilled cheese tastes great when you ain't got nothing else, you know. But hey, man, it's fun. It's fun to have a porterhouse when you can afford it.
1: Yeah. The Pelicans had a few syrup sandwiches last year. (laughs) You know. Have a few. And uh, and like you said, it's it's so important when you go to your bench that you're not saying, I'm putting this guy, can I survive his five minutes? That is – and now you look at this Pelicans roster and you're not trying to survive people's minutes, and you have the ability, if somebody is playing poorly in those minutes, I don't have to rush my starter back in because I got somebody else who I can put in there (laughs) and I think can do the job. And you you are allowing – I think that's the biggest thing is I don't want Zion to play 38 minutes a night. I don't want CJ to have to play 38 minutes a night. I don't want Bi in those position. 32, 34 minutes. That's where they're getting that the good rest. Eight minutes a quarter. They're getting their time. You're able to use them the proper way. That's that's the luxury you want to get to. Um, and I think that that's that's the goal for Willie Green. I don't want to go overboard with this. I mean, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, let's look at Jackson. Talk about Jackson at 14. To, that's fine. I'm, I'm happy for Jax getting 14 points. I'm happy for Jax looking active in all those things. It don't matter. We've seen our Jax before. I don't want, it don't matter to me till the regular season starts for all the veterans. That's it. Don't matter till the regular season starts. The things that we talked about at the beginning, that's all I want to see in a preseason. And when they come home to play the Pistons on Friday, that's again, you're you taking on a Pistons team. That's young. That in a lot of ways is similar to you and that they're trying to develop some people. But at the same time, you're further along. Send that message quick, you know, with those guys in the pre. We're here to take care of our business. You guys only want to play a half. CJBI, y'all will be done. Set it, set the tone and be done. Get get rid of these kids early and let the second and third unit have a second half. That's what I want to see on our Fridays Is I don't want to see a 129, 125 game. I'd like it to be closer to that 115 range. For the offense, you know, and and get that pace down defensively a little bit more. Um, but I think that was a function of the second unit in a lot of ways. Like you said
0: earlier, man, good teams, good teams, they make you do what they want you to do, and that's and and that's what you want to see. Detroit, I think Detroit is going to be going to be a great story. They're going to be one of my favorite teams to watch this year. Um, I think K Cunningham and and uh, you know and Ivy are going to be a a, a masterful fit together. And I hope they're together for a very long time. And I like some of the other, some of the other pieces, some, some that, have, you know, you know, Sadiq Bay. I want to see if Killian Hayes has, you know, can finally put something together. And, you know, the list goes on and on. But you're the more established team. You're the team that has the, you know, that has a clear, a clear goal, a clear path in mind. You're the team with the expectations. If you're gonna play a half, like you said, put this team away early. You know, even if that that means you're only up by 10, whatever, you know, whatever that is, make your imprint left, you know, be left on the game. Let your starters, let the starters be known that we're not, you know, you're not playing around. Give the crowd some fun for that half and get out of there healthy.
1: Well, I'll let you go. Um, Let's get some thought, some quick fan thoughts. Number one, how disappointed were you at uh, 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 just the reports from um the open practice that we didn't get a, a, a scrimmage that, you know, we got, it it felt like nobody knew that there wasn't going to be a scrimmage. They didn't announce that there wasn't going to be a scrimmage. So you come in there and we get the nice running around and whatnot. And it just feels like it was anticlimactic. And a lot of people were like, it's over. And it was just over. It For all the hype that everybody was ready to be back. I think there was a little bit of a letdown.
0: They, they they got us with the old, with the old bait and switch, man. I work in I work in I work in the car industry, man. So I know I know how that goes, man. You thought you know you thought your car was there all lined up and and you get there and they told you it's sold, But they, they didn't tell you they, they didn't tell you to the end of the deal, uh, but yeah, man. That was that was um that was that that was somewhat somewhat of a letdown because all of the, all of the different quote unquote open practices we've seen, you know, have ended with scrimmages. Um, I'm sure it was it was for a reason, but. I mean, I guess it was, for a lot of people, it felt like it was fun seeing seeing those guys back out there on the floor, feeling that energy, seeing a, what, what was almost a packed house, you know, um, for just an open practice. And look, man, um, for for right now, that energy, I mean, we're still in Saints season. Mm-hmm. We're still, in, we're still in state season. This city does not know what it means to be this engaged, this early for a basketball team while the Saints are playing.
1: Bro, when people talk about y'all ready to shut it down on Saints season and just move on to basketball, I never thought as much. And you and I have been pushing New Orleans as a basketball town for a long time. I not know I would be hearing that. I, I mean, it's
0: that's crazy. That's that's another that's another element that, you know, you just you look back and say, damn, like, I, I mean, every everything's developing at once. So the open practice, you know, I mean, sure, you want to see these guys scrimmage, man. But, I you know, I always try to take another perspective. Look, look how excited people were. Oh, the,
1: yeah, this is you know, we just, I'm just being silly. It,
0: you know, I mean, people people had a had a good time. You know, you see a bunch of faces that you, you know, that you talk to on Twitter. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's a community now. It's, you know, it really it's, is. It's really a community now. And that's not something that we could have said, you know, years ago, even when they did it. So, you know, I'll take our blessings of what we
1: got them, man. I enjoy Pelican's Twitter so much. Like, I just enjoy it. Um, it's at that perfect phase where it's still kind of an exclusive club. You know what I mean? It's, it's not national. It's still very local. Um, it's people who have been here for a minute. And you can tell the new ones, <laughs> when they when they make comments, you can tell the people that's just come around, yeah. Um, but it's not being gatekept. You know what I mean? We, like it's very welcoming. It's like, oh, okay, you want to be part of this? Okay, but here are the rules. You know, like like you, you get set straight really quickly. But there's a legitimacy, and you talked, you tweeted about this last night. It's it's and Jake Madison, you know, tweeted about it, and it's just a lot of us who have been in the media for this time while this is built up. And have been watching it and waiting for it, and thought and, and were told New Orleans would never embrace basketball. It just it's 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 not gratifying for me. You know what I mean? Like it's not for me. I don't get anything financially from it or whatever, but I love it. Like I genuinely feel it. I love it because I love basketball so much. So to see a city embrace its team and the team now start to take on the identity of the city. That's where champions are. When you associate every great championship team, you identified with the city, with their style of play, the giants in football, when they're at their best, they are playing hard, they are playing rough. You know what I mean? Like the 49ers, when they win, they play a certain way in the NBA. When the, when the warriors are playing a certain way, like it's, it's just certain things you get in a, a style and the Pelicans for the first time, it feels like you're understanding where they're going, and who they are and man that's just as a basketball fan it don't get much better than that
0: no man i mean it's it's fun um to to watch people either grow or show their passion for a game that you didn't you didn't need a reason or one year to you know to fall in love with you know that's the that's the fun you know i mean you know you know basketball is you know it's it's you know for me i think a lot of people, are, it's similar to baseball, and just how it just has a different a different kind of connection and a and a passion for someone that can be developed. That a you know, you can be two two years old learning learning how to play these sports, shooting small basketballs, or hitting a tee ball. Um, and you know, I think that a lot of a lot of the passion in this city, from what you know, it took a long time to learn um, what it meant to be a, to be a Saints fan. It took a long time for some people to learn, you know, what it, what it meant to, um, attach themselves to certain basketball groups. But man, <laughs> you, we, we've talked so many different times about in this podcast alone about the team won 35 games. They won 35 games and got an all time got all time fan engagement and reaction out of it um that's deeper than just a few people latching on that's deeper than what national media could have could have given you that just shows that um people people were fed up and it's time and i just hope that it continues it continues to grow um in the manner in which it does because we always knew. We always knew that that was bullshit. We are mm-hmm. like we. We always knew that the thought that that the Pelicans, that New Orleans wasn't a basketball time, or couldn't be a basketball time, was bullshit. It just needed the right things to cheer for. It needed the right. Um, it needed the right organization to relate itself to, and it still ain't perfect. That's the thing. It's still a work in progress. It's still a work in progress. But man, I'm so happy we here. And you know what? I'm happy that it's basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm happy there's basketball. It feels like, it feels gratifying just being from that city for me personally to know that people know what they, in Chicago, I know people that that know what Pels 12 is or what Pelicans Twitter is. Like, you know, I haven't seen as many, I've been to Bulls Pelicans games. I saw a hell of a lot more Pelicans gear on in the stadium, even for a preseason game. Than I've seen in regular season games throughout the time that I lived here. So, you know, man, um <laughs> not only has things have things changed, not only are they continuing to
1: change, like we're not, like we haven't even scratched the surface, man. It's so I, organic. After the basketball. It's so organic and it's 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 almost viral now. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really a thing where if you get enough Pelican fans around and they got somebody who ain't really one, you let them talk for a minute. They'll pull you in. They'll get you in. They will. Because it's an right now. It's not, it's not like a, you know, and I, like everybody knows I grew up a Knicks fan and whatnot. The worst thing about being a Knicks fan was being other Knicks fans. <laughs> I mean, I hated other Knicks fans. Couldn't stand them. Cause they were never realistic. Every time, every year it was the year. It was going to win the championship and garbage players, you know, it's the Pelicans fans at the very least when they know garbage, they call garbage out, man. It'd be like, "This ain't working." Whether it's uniforms, whether it's players, whether it's read experience, whether it's coaches, gentlemen. When New Orleans folks realize you ain't working, they they won't—they will not cape for you anymore. <laughs> Deontay Hardy oh, is getting that. He doesn't figure out if wow. it ain't working. Yeah, the capes come off, and and New Orleans folks are as real to you as you are to them. And I, I think it's just—I'm so excited, bro. I—I I, I, like. In in the the ten years now, ten years that I've been doing this, this is as excited as I've been to cover this team, and 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 that's not with the expectation of a championship. Yeah, no, I mean, agree, man, and and, and, and you know,
0: I that's what's that's what's interesting. Like we we associate so much with the final. The final goal that everyone that everyone has when we're talking about sports, um, to be a part of a situation that had to do with a a first round exit, <laughs> being like your your apex of excitement that led you here. You couldn't. It would be very difficult to explain it to somebody that knew nothing about uh, New Orleans and or knew nothing about the sport. I mean, it, it would be difficult to even to even write you know to write a movie about. That doesn't make sense. A thirty-five, a thirty-five win team that won the first that that uh, got eliminated in in the first round of the NBA playoff changed basketball in New Orleans. <laughs> Helped change basketball in New Orleans. It, it, it's it's it makes no sense. But it but it's no from sense. the ground, like you said, it's organic, and that's that's why why it doesn't make sense. It makes sense because it's from the ground and it's organic. It didn't take the team to have to come out of nowhere and win fifty games you weren't expecting it, and they. You know, it's popular to be a part of the process. Good. Nah, man, people people were here when it was ugly and it wasn't popular. Um, and now, when the bandwagon continues to continues to grow, and you see you 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 see more of those people that you know just got here. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, you can pat them down, man. You know, tell them the rules. You know, and let them be you know be on the community as long as they you know abide by that, you know that list you give them.
1: That's right. The community is welcoming. It is a welcoming place, like just like new Orleans, but we know where the people who are strangers are from. You can tell a stranger, you can always pick them out. A, somebody's going to ask you where you got them shoes from and you go fall for it. Um, you just got here. So, um, but dude, I'm, I'm excited. I know you're excited and and you'll be doing so much with the spaces this year. You'll be doing stuff with uh, boot crew and all the things you do over there as well. And, um, please just let the folks know, you know, when they can, when, when they can check you out as usual and uh, when, you, when the next thing's popping. Uh, impatient Bull on Twitter.
0: Um, I forgot so my Instagram name. I'm trying to get back into, into
1: that. You don't use Instagram that much.
0: I do not. not There's do no that. reason
1: to follow you yet.
0: <laughs> I do not, but I, 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 <laughs> I promise I'm trying. I'm, and I am I made a goal. I made a goal to put up one post a week. It's coming, but but impatient bull on Twitter um, spaces a good, a good majority of after after every game uh, Fridays Fridays game with the Pistons will be the next one post game and thank God it won't have to happen at eleven o'clock at night. Um, but yeah, man, that's 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 pretty much it. I'm sure I'll be on jumping on a few different shows uh, throughout the week as you know we kind of recap preseason and or game one of the preseason and yeah, man, tap in. You know. Follow us follow us on Twitter. Let's, you know, have a good time. Joke, man, it's, it's just basketball, but it's really a good time.
1: Right, you know we'll do this throughout the season. Um, it, ain't, it ain't basketball if I if I don't get to talk to you. You're my, you're my boy. You're my brother from another. And I always appreciate you coming through.
0: Appreciate it, OG, man. It's the same here, dog alright you
1: All right. Y'all know the deal. You get at me, at DMGrub on Instagram and Twitter, DG.com, and you can get hard to paint wherever you get your podcast. For Chris Conner, I am David Grubb, and this has been Hard to Take. I'll talk to y'all soon.